You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Well, sort of the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and uh, Jim Weber, but actually it's just with Jim Weber. Last week it was just with Steve Ronaldo. I think they're. Uh, I think it's my breath or the deodorant. I one or the other. They, no, no, no. We got a divorce. You and Steve, or you and me? <laughs> Steve. Oh, you and Steve. Oh, no, okay. I don't know. I know. He, well, he's off at some winery, looking at some Porsche collection. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Some guy. That some, took preference. Well, according to him, it did. Obviously. Oh well. Yeah, uh, well I mean, what can I tell you? Uh, Hey, you know, I tell you what, nobody can tell me anything that I wouldn't believe these days about anything. Oh, my. It's, um... Well, hey, that that segues into my first topic. For the first time, the EPA proposes reducing ethanol requirement for gas mix. Well... Uh, What do you think about that? Does that surprise you? Uh... The only thing I can think of is, ain't it about time? Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah, this is uh, an, uh, an under, well, if it gets going. I mean, it's proposed, but uh, they want to reduce the amount of ethanol that's required to be mixed with a gasoline supply. So they'd come off this 85-15 stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah, I guess, but I'm hoping they get rid of the uh, 90-10 stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... And uh, I'm just kind of perusing the New York Times article that says that uh, the move was expected, but it drew bitter complaints from advocates of ethanol, including some environmentalists. I wonder why. (laughs) They see the corn-based fuel blend as a weapon to fight climate change. It was also unwelcome news to farmers who noted that the decision came at a time when a record corn crop is expected and the price of a bushel has fallen almost to the cost of production. Well, anyway, in a lot of ways, I think it's a very good thing. And But i, I got to get on the soapbox for a minute. Do you need a ladder? No, 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 no. I can step on it. You know, I've been up on that soapbox before. The uh, young man named Austin Dillon, who I th- believe either one nationwide i think he won the nationwide series this year in nasty car Hmm. he is doing a radio blast now that says that ethanol is good and it's a more efficient clean burning fuel than gasoline and it is better for the engine well I don't engine? know where he's coming from, but is that only... the red native Redskins or yeah, yeah, well, the engine? Yeah, <laughs> careful now. Anyway, <laughs> that will end up with the NFL after us. Um, you know, and he says the additives aren't needed, and that's ridiculous because they are needed—the ones that counteract the ethanol damage in a lot of cars. Because as Steve and I have talked, there's certain periods of cars where ethanol is not good at all and it eats the rubber and the gaskets and the fuel lines and you've got to have different SAE rated fuel lines 
So, Mr. Dillon, I'd like you to do your homework, sir, and um, not mislead the American public on that fact. And congratulations on your NASCAR award. But, however, I think maybe you should stick to NASCAR racing. Now, with that, I'm going to get off the soapbox. Well, you know, I'll climb back on it for a second. Um, and, And it's not as much a soapbox. Well, it is soapbox, I guess, but. You know, this is this is a lot. We have a lot of this today. People talking without knowing the facts, or, or you know, they're talking like they are the authority when in fact they don't know what they're talking well, about. They're and, a celebrity, and they're so yeah, they play the celebrity role, and and yes. I know whatever because I am a celebrity. Well, you know, it. I don't know what to say. Every, it, but it seems like you can. Well, you can get, and I guess I'm sitting here doing it too. You can get everybody's opinion for nothing, and uh, they all become authority. I, personally, I'm not an authority on anything, but well, well, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, I mean, you're an authority on Texas. Not really. No. <laughs> well, you're an authority on Lubbock. <laughs> I'm not really there either. But, uh, oh, okay. You know, I, if you said that you've been run out of both of them. <laughs> You know, I used to have a sign: "If you're being run out of town, get to the head of the head of the crowd, so it looks like you're leading the parade." <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that. Well, anyway, so I guess we're going to have another issue on E85 pumps and and this, that, and the other thing. Um, I, you know, I hope it goes away because it's just the number of friends I have that have issues with their leaf blowers, their weed whackers, their lawnmowers, um, chainsaws, the whole thing. You know, by the way, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in my Nebraska and Midwest farm friends that uh, are so de- have become dependent on, on this thing or are upset because ethanol is going to be uh, maybe will not be as, as big as it was, but you know, it's sort of, it's a shame to even have to say this or think it, but the fact of the matter is, um, that's weird. Anyway, uh, that a farmer would become dependent on the government. And, uh, you know, yes. I, I, you don't want that. You no. don't want that at all. And, no. And I'm not sure it's... Uh, I hold out that it's not the smaller farmer. It's not the, you know, thousand acres or whatever farmer. It's the mega, mega corporate farms that are a hundred thousand acres and and grow the corn. The other thing is, uh, very interestingly, uh, and, and most of this corn that we're talking about is is genetically modified uh, uh, corn that. Uh, we shipped a bunch of it to China, and they rejected it. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, I just got an email on that that, uh, and they rejected it. So, well, it, it's not it's not for food, is it? Oh yeah, you're eating it every day. You're eating GMO products day in and day out if you shop at any of the grocery stores around here. That was why there was a big push that died to have all packaging 
you know, label if it was GMO. If Is that been, why my hair fell out? Might be. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Is that why Steve behaves the way he does sometimes? Definitely. No, <laughs> no. Uh, not being a, not being a doctor, I don't want to. Uh, yes, yes, I can understand that. Say well, one way, but uh, the genetically modified, you know, and I don't want to. I'm not a preacher, and I'm not an attorney, preacher, or, or physician, none of the above. But I just, I'm sorry, but God didn't make it that way, and I don't think man's smarter than God, and we can uh, we can live with a few weeds. Well, I agree 100% there, and I, I had the privilege of eating some non-GMO food recently and uh, visited a small farm in central new york and the guy has apple orchards and of course it's apple season up sure. there oh, wow. i got my bag of Cortlands, and his daughter bakes apple pies with lard in the crust mm, and, mm. <laughs> and i i i had a quarter of the pie for breakfast the oh. next morning it was so good it has nothing to do with cars but anyway um, well, we're talking cars with the with the yeah from the standpoint well, of that. Well, you know what? Gas and talking about food, I never made it up to Faye Butler's yet. I got to get up there, our metal shaping guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because his wife is such a fabulous cook. I got to get up there, and I'm sure I'm sure her stuff is fresh. Anyway, don't you know? Yeah. So apparently, the EPA we might have a little possibility of reducing some ethanol requirement for gas. Well, you know, I, unfortunately, I don't know that I'm going to hold my breath on that. Did you see what uh, yesterday, and back to the government, uh, this deal of um, of uh, the nuclear bomb going off in the Senate with the Senate doing away with fila, the ability to filibuster, has basically, and, and this was all done so your whiny crybaby in my White House, and I emphasize White House, um, can get his way on appointments, and what was being explained last night is that it's bad enough from a ju- judicial standpoint that he will get uh, his appointees in office, but it opens wide open the door to the EPA. Oh, and yes. They will have more power than... Yes, and they need less power. And they need much less power. So yeah. I don't know that the ethanol thing is necessarily dead. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I all I can do is report what I, I hear and report the news and let our listeners know, especially those of us that have old cars that don't have any of the fuel uh, modifications, which would be from about two thousand back. Um. Anyway, so with that thought in mind, I still recommend two things. One that people do use an additive in the older cars to eliminate the ethanol damage and the second thing is for those of you that are putting your cars up for the winter uh, I wholeheartedly recommend a full tank of fuel with the proper mix of stable so the fuel doesn't uh, denigrate for lack of a better word and I'm sure David's in complete agreement with me on that uh, the other thing I want to mention is, as you well know, I missed the show last week because I was in upstate New York. And the interesting thing was I paid 
as low as $2.89 a gallon for gas and as high as three forty-six a gallon for gas. And I was seeking out all of the inexpensive gas stations. And the two eighty-nine a gallon gas from about two weeks ago and this last Wednesday was back up to two ninety-nine. So I'm sure they're preparing for the Thanksgiving travelers. Yeah, just just like a gastroenterologist prepares for your appointment and says bend over. <laughs> okay. Am I a gastroenterologist now? I guess. <laughs> if I'm going to the gas stations and checking all the That's prices. That, that makes you a gastroenterologist. Oh, right? man, I'll tell a you. A bend-over specialist. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's, uh... You know, I, I, do you, and, and it's everything. It's not just the classic car industry or anything else. I, in my, in my whole ball and days, have never felt like such a, I feel like the ball in a pinball machine. Just, yes. Just being I bounced know. from, you know, I, I have know no control. Yeah. Well, none of us do. Yeah. And, and everything is instant awareness and instant knowledge. And everybody, and there's nothing wrong with this. Everybody has their own opinion. But in my opinion you, is we should take a break. What's yours? Oh, already? Holy smoke. Okay. Let me get off the soapbox. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Come on, follow Snipples to Atlanta's go-to center for breathing easy. Do you suffer from chronic sinus headaches, recurrent sinusitis, facial pain or pressure, and chronic congestion? Well, balloon sinuplasty just could be the cure you're looking for. Follow me and breathe easy. Follow sniffles.com. We treat the problem, not the symptom. Chronic sinus symptoms, gone. This could be the cure you're looking for. Follow me and breathe easy. This proven in-office procedure can have you breathing easy, back to work the next day, and it's done under local anesthesia. Get lasting relief, a quick recovery, and start breathing easy again. Follow me and breathe easy. Follow sniffles.com. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on uh, the forum. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about cars for a minute. Real 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 cars. Um, as you know, Steve's a director of the Antique Automobile Club of America, and I'm I've been a member three times, and I keep coming back, and it keeps 
the, the club keeps getting better and better and better, and and there's more and more things for people to do. And they've got that fabulous library in Hershey, and the, and their website's phenomenal, and the magazine that West Peterson puts out, Antique Automobile. Well, anyway, it, the membership is worth just that. Just getting the magazine, and if you're in Pennsylvania, you go to the museum, see the cars, and you can use the research library. But the November-December issue came out, and it has a beautiful spread on a Dietrich-bodied Packard convertible Victoria, which also happened to win Pebble Beach this year. And most times, the winner at Pebble Beach is not an American car. Uh, very few, and I don't know the exact numbers. It's in West's article here. But they, they're talking about coach builders. And we've touched on this a little bit. And in the United States, of course, we had a lot of wonderful coach builders in the 20s and 30s. And unfortunately, a lot of the Depression wiped them out. Uh, this is a Dietrich-bodied Packard, and I think Packard kind of took over Dietrich at one time or another. The other cars that I've always liked that have been bodied, and many of them, are Murphy, which was a California, I believe they were in Pasadena, and in addition to that, Waterhouse. There's been a couple of Waterhouse-bodied cars that I've enjoyed. And I keep wondering if there isn't a book out there that talks about the American bodybuilders. And there's guys like, was I mentioned? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Or? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Waterhouse, oh. Locke, Murphy, Fleetwood, um, good heavens. They're, they're, Fleetwood, Mac. Oh, well, yeah, but this was Fleetwood Bodies, and then Cadillac, I believe, assumed them or assumed their name. And uh, Durham, which was in uh, Elgar, Pennsylvania. So the interesting thing, or um, in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, um, Algar bought Durham Body. That's where my confusion came in there. Uh, about all of these, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, there are some what I call production body companies. Briggs was one of them, and they, they basically engineered the body for a car company. Murray did the same thing, and... Uh, they went all over the world. In fact, a gentleman that I knew was a representative of Briggs Body, and he was stationed in Italy. So you had your what I called factory bodies, and then you had your custom bodies where you basically bought a chassis and you took it and had them body it. And a couple of the other body companies were uh, Brunn and LeBaron and Rolston. Um, all beautiful custom body companies. And most of these were in the 30s. You see a lot of them at classic car shows, and they're gorgeous. Then you had the Italian bodybuilders. You had Ghia and, and Pininfarina, Farina, um, 
Scaglietti, Vignali, built gorgeous bodies. And, and in Britain, you had Corsica that built some beautiful bodies. The French had Portal and Fagoni Falashi. And uh, I think the French school of bodies was the most art deco with the Fagoni Falashi bodies. But also, Portal, theirs were very aerodynamic, as was and is Zagato, who did a lot of special bodies, very few on Ferraris, a lot of production work for Alfa Romeo on their small cars. And then you had uh, an American named Tom Hibbard, and he was a Dutch Darren built bodies, and then there was Fernandez and Darren also. And then you had these private industrialists. Uh, one of them was Brooke Stevens, and he did a lot of work for Studebaker and for Willys. And that kind of leads me into talking about him because he and his sons also manufactured the Excalibur automobile. And uh, in the latest issue of Hemming's Classic Car, there's a personality profile on Brooke Stevens. He also had a gorgeous car collection, and one of them was a Fagoni Falashi body, uh, Talbo Lago, what they used to call the teardrop coupes. Um, Hemming's classic car goes into a bit of Brooks's history on uh, keeping the Excalibur dream alive. But the other thing about it, there's a book that's published, and I, I want to get a copy of it, and it talks about Brooks Stevens and all the designs he did from radios and freight trains and just an immense number of projects. And he had guys working for him, like Gordon Kelly, Willie Davidson, Harley Davidson descendant, also was an engineer. And Brooks was basically an industrial designer, too. So there's a lot of neat people in this American group of automobile designers. And uh, Raymond Lowy was another one that comes to mind. And these guys also did work in Europe. For some of the uh, European car companies, Lowy did some stuff, I believe, with BMW, if I'm not mistaken. And I know he had a special BM- bodied BMW 507. So if somebody knows of a custom bodybuilder's book Say that, Pat. out there, yeah, custom bodybuilder's book out there, uh, please let us know at America's Web Radio, because I'd like to delve into this. What I really need to do, David, is go up to the library, the AACA library or the Detroit Free Public Library. Those are about the two best automotive collections. Although Collier has bought Carl Ludvigson's, but I'm not sure how accessible the Collier collection is down in Florida. You know, uh, now, I know you and Steve think of me as being, you know, uh, nickel short in the in the brains or whatever, but no, a dollar, hey, a, do- a dollar, a dollar. <laughs> inflation, I guess. Yes. Um, but I, I, I tell you, I sit by, I was listening to you and I sit back and I think about, and, and, and mine's a weird side of, of this whole organization, I guess. But, you know, today a guy, an engineer sits down at his computer and, and in 30 minutes or so he can have a, a plane going to Mars, you know, in well, his CAD I mean, system and yada-da-da-da. Right. And I, 
I, what I and, and I have nothing against that. I think that's that's grand technology, and and it saved millions of dollars in R and D, and yada, yada, you know. So I, I don't have I don't fault it. I don't throw rocks at it. But then I marvel at these guys, and some of them didn't even have degrees and and hadn't gone to uh, uh, any kind of, of drawing school per se. But they learned how to do it on a on a, a drawing board and and. Uh, you know, with a T square and their angles and, and French curves and their French curves and actually you can't you couldn't use a whole lot of French curve. Well, you could use a French curve as, as long as you marked it, but you there there were some tools that you really couldn't use because of the accuracy. Yes, and yet you know they came up with you know, a, a guy that's able to draw a gear. I mean that sounds like nothing, but that's you know that could be days and days of work getting right. the angles and everything. And how it would mash with another gear or whatever, and I just can't help but just you know, turn of the turn of the twentieth century as all of this you know was coming forward, and even my goodness, the uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the History Channel, but of uh, World War Two, the uh, uh, McDonnell Douglas in their engineering department was just row after row after row of engineer on their drawing tables right right um, doing their thing and and so I, <laughs> I I look at this like just incredible minds i I don't know what a you know you wonder or I do sometimes you take you, you take old Jim Weber back in the forties on a drawing table and then you take old Jim Weber today in front of a computer, which one's smarter? Which one, I, you know, I can't help almost thinking the guy back in the 40s to be able to do it without well, a computer is just he, incredible he, to me. Yeah, I don't think it's a level of intelligence as much as it's a level of awareness and being able to utilize the tools he has at hand. It's like today, I mean, look, look at the big issue today. You can take a copy machine and make a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can make a, a a wrench and you can make a car part off of a, off of basically a copy machine with with molding stuff. It took some buddy to design that machine and they may have done it on a computer with AutoCAD or, or one of the CAD systems. Um but the thing today is we can duplicate parts that are no longer available. Oh yeah. Way. You know. <laughs> I, I've got my friend that's got his barn up in Ohio that makes a whole living doing stuff like that. But, you know, and again, you wonder, or I do anyway, uh, you, you've got the guy sitting there gazing into the stars, and he's got a picture of something in his mind back in the 30s, 40s, whenever. 20s. 20s. 10s. I and, mean, bevel gears and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you've got the guy, though, today, too. Yeah. But the guy today can stare off into space and then five minutes from now put it into his computer and say, well, this is, yeah, this is what it, I thought it, well, let's move that just a little bit. Yes, it's incredible. Oh, and, beyond. Uh, my, my daughter took AutoCAD in high school. And it was it was amazing. Junior and senior year of high school, like we were working on how the nails go into boards. Yeah, <laughs> what size hammer <laughs> to use? Yeah, yeah, and how you could 
start a nut on a bolt if yeah. it didn't want to start and you had to turn it backwards a little bit so it kind of clicked and then you could get it going and I'm not sure we even had bolts then. You yeah, know what time it is? <laughs> it's not time to put the plug in the jug. No, but it's time to take another one of those infamous breaks. Oh, wonderful. We'll be back right after this. Hi everybody, it's Don Zabkar, your host for Who Knew. We air Mondays 2 to 3 on America's Web Radio and then occasionally throughout the week. We've got some great subjects. This administration or this regime, as you know, is providing us with great material. So stay tuned. Check us out. America's Web Radio. It's Who Knew with Don Zapcar. Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedstuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's Web Radio. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And I, I you know, and it, well, it must have been a transition. We're talking about CAD systems and artists, engineers. Yeah. And I, and I guess it was a, a mixture of, and that had to be an interesting thing too. The you, transition from well, well, mechanical no, drawing and no, draftsman no, to take, computers, or no? Take the, I've known very few artists okay artists be they mechanical uh, artists or illustrators i should say right that were mechanical had any mechanical drawing abilities so it must have been wouldn't it have been fascinating to say the say the first t-bird or say the first whatever and i have this i i've drawn it on paper, I've done my sketch, and then I take it to you, the the mechanical engineer, the mechanical drawer, person that does the mechanical drawings, and say, you know, put a, turn this into a body and a and a and a drivetrain and all well, of that. Well, yeah, and and the other thing, of course, is when they used to do that, they had clay modelers, and they oh yeah, made, yeah. and usually one side of the car was different from the other because there were two concepts. On that car, um, God, and the tooling. Oh yeah, yeah. To and make the, that and the presses. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, and today, you do it all on CAD. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a there's a video on YouTube of Ford with a prototype, and they basically build a car on CAD and then stamp it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's all three dimensional, and it's it it works, but. Here's the thing that always amazed me, and I'll go back and I want to talk about Italian coach builders after World War II that hand-built bodies and pounded aluminum on bags of sand and welded each panel into place. And, of course, some of those vintage Ferraris, the originals, there was a quarter of an inch difference between one side and the other on the body. But the bodies were beautiful. They were gorgeous. Maserati's the same way. And... uh, it's just it, it's amazing what they all did, and and they thought in three dimension, and they were hammered out, and they either made a wooden buck 
to do it, or they just used basically tubing. It bent the tubing and welded it, and then they formed the body of the tubing. And there were some sketches involved, but that was it. Do you think in three-dimensional? I can't even think in one dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Nor can we multitask. Either. Yeah, yeah, that's... But today, you take a look at these bodies, and you look at these cars today, and today's cars, and my gosh, some of them are ugly. And and they there's a lot of aerodynamics involved in some of these cars today, but... I, I can't see where they come up with some of these designs. I mean, uh, some of these people must have had a nightmare the night before or something. Because <laughs> it just it amazes me what some of this product looks like. You know, not that I'm not always attentive when I'm driving, but sometimes my mind might wander a little bit, uh, wander around a little bit when I'm sitting at a stoplight. And I... I I can't even remember when it was, but it, not that long ago. It was like I was surrounded by different names, but all the same car. Yes. And I'm sorry, but that just really bothers me. I, I like, I want a Ford to be a Ford. I want a Chevy to be a Chevy. I want a whatever to I, be a... I agree, but they know, all look the same. They're all, you know, if it wasn't a different taillight, you couldn't tell the difference. Exactly. Yeah, and I noticed that on the road, too. And, and it's just... Like let's let's use some examples. The Corvair was very unique. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it stood out. The, the spider. Uh, yeah, the Monza spider and uh, the, the Valiant, the Chrysler yeah, Valiant had yeah. European styling. Uh, the Pinto, I'm not that. That was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, I agree with you 100. percent They they did stand out. And we all all said in the 30s, well, I can't tell the difference between this and that. And a lot of times you couldn't. If you didn't really know your cars, then a 30 Chevy might look the same as a, as a Model A to a lot of people. Because, I mean, most people, when you change cars today, they don't even know you've changed cars if it's the same color. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Or even close to it in color. And... We've lost that uniqueness, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, unless you get into something like a Corvette, certain bodies and certain lines of cars. But if you take a Camry and a Sonata and an Altima and a Fusion and a Malibu and... uh, I I guess you put those five together and a Mazda 6... There's another one. They all they all look the same. They all be looking the same. Exactly. And I and you know, and, and this always boggles my mind. Steve and I have talked about it a little bit over the years. But can you imagine back in the fifties or sixties going to buy a going to a Ford parts department and getting a part for your Chevrolet? No. And yet today, you know, all the cars have interchangeable, or, or a lot of the parts are interchangeable. Yep. And yes. I mean, that for an old 66-year-old, that just really messes up my head. Well, it's just like engines. 
Yeah, you know, which what name do you want on this engine? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it, it's it's amazing. Cherokee. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> well, but here, here's here's the thing. Also, uh, I, of course, have always liked 4951 Fords, known as shoeboxes. Yeah. And they had a flathead in them. Yeah. When you raised the hood, it wasn't a Stove Bolt 6 Chevy. It was a flathead Ford V8. Yeah. I never did care for them much. but you know, flatheads? Yeah. And it's like the old uh, 51, 52. How far did it go? 50? I can't remember if it was 50. I know 51, 52, and maybe 53. Chevys and GMCs with the swoop back or the, you know, had that. Fleet line body, I think they called it. I don't know what, but anyway, all looked the same. Yep. And 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 the Chevy and GMs were pretty much interchangeable parts, I guess, because they were the same, well, more I, or less the same car. Yeah, that I can't. I, I can't uh, say either for sure. Yeah. Oldsmobile and Pontiac and Buick and Cadillac all looked different. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, Cadillac always stood out, and uh, I was, you know, I was totally always under the wrong impression i always thought oldsmobiles were neater than buicks and yet buicks were more expensive than they were ahead of the oldsmobile and well uh, buick was for old people yeah i ain't buying one just cause that yeah yeah it was was, i don't want to stand out in the buick crowd yeah yeah well you know why they all get their high iqs scores off of jd power now don't you because most of the people have sight deficiencies and hearing deficiencies (laughs) so they can't hear rattles and see imperfections so but i i will say this cars today are all good i mean otherwise the manufacturer isn't going to last yeah and and thank heavens that that manufacturers do recalls today because if there is an issuance and nine (laughs) times out of ten you know it might be a case of one or two cars but then they do the whole recall thing i went in to get my oil changed in the uh, hyundai the other day yes and uh well you haven't been in for the this this and this call recall so i go in for an hour and i'm there four hours but that's good uh, it would have been good had they told me to begin with, and I could have, you know, gotten a cab or done something. But uh-huh. I sat there for four hours because well, you were out of town. I couldn't call anybody to come yeah, get me. After after when we do break, you can give me the name of the dealer. Okay. Anyway, but the recalls are good. Pe- no, people I, I, don't, I mean, they get all upset and excited about it, but recalls are good. Yeah, today. I, and they didn't have recalls back in the fifties, in the forties. No, no. So, or sixties or seventies. Yeah, and, and they also some things. some manufacturers have stop sales where they catch something in production, and the car a few cars have been shipped to the dealers, and they have the dealer modify it before you put it out on on the lot to sell today, which is good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Toyota would have loved it with their uh, with their accelerators, wouldn't they? If they'd all caught them and fixed them prior to the... Uh, I think that was an awful lot of driver error. You reckon? Yes. Drivers make mistakes? Yes. Which, especially when we get to be our age, Speak it's time to go to a AAA or an AARP. 
I wouldn't do anything with an AARP uh, well, bank. Well, you notice I mentioned AAA, okay. but get a, a, a driver's course, a senior citizen's driver's course, and the, it is enlightening. All right. If you live in Atlanta, Georgia, you have a choice. Going to a driving school at your age or buying a 60 caliber. Personally, in Atlanta, Georgia, I'll take the 60 caliber and just shoot everybody else. No, no that's not the way to do it. Sure it is. These no. people that drive around here, no. they should be shot. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to get off this soapbox right now and talk about <laughs> We're not going to talk about people's driving ability because it's not only Atlanta, it's the whole country. Uh, excuse and, me, and, i got to do a text message. So Yeah, and I believe me, I, the, between the texting... And I'm talking on Interstate 81 at 70 miles an hour, which was the speed limit. People were texting. And you can especially see it now at night or after 4.35 o'clock as the sun goes down and you see this bright glow in the front seat of the car around the driver and he's doing something with his smartphone, or she is, while they're driving down the road and I'm going to start preaching about minivans. And it's not only soccer moms in minivans now, it's old people are buying minivans because they can get in and out of them easier, and the snowbirds are headed to Florida, and they're all over the road. So, off. all right, I'm off the soapbox before the engineer shuts me down. No, no, I, 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 you know. no, I agree with you. I, I, uh... all you, I mean, all you got to do is, is do a thousand-mile trip, it, take two days to do it. I used to do it in one, but now I do it in two. But my point is, you see all sorts of things, and then you get these militant truck drivers, and I guess there's been a whole bunch of new truck driver ruling, which has cost them money because you're gumming. You know, there's two sides of the street on the truck drivers, in my opinion. Yeah. Back many years ago, I had a, I've always respected truck drivers. Yes. That, that's a, they're doing a hell of a job. But you would flash your lights when you're going around them. You'd get around them. They'd blink their trailer lights or right. whatever. Now there's... there's not, well, how many people use their turn signal to change lanes? Well, I thought new cars didn't come with turn signals anymore. Oh. You know, I think that... Well, I think you've that, got I think a new the, car. I've got a new car. Steve's got a new car, and they all have turn signals. Well, we, we told them to leave them in ours, but... Everybody else gets them cut, gets that little arm cut off or whatever. I, no, yeah. Between the turn signals, no turn signal, and forty-five seconds to make a right-hand turn, and you wonder why I want a machine gun. <laughs> we should put them out of their misery, you know. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm flabbergasted at, at just the way. And it's it's the youngsters, and I know you guys laugh at me for calling them youngsters, but the eighteen to twenty two year olds, the youngsters, no, are, uh, sixteen or seventeen to twenty two year olds, and it just let me address that. And we we have addressed this in the in the past. In fact, what we're going to do, we'll we we be addressing this issue as soon as we um, come back from our break. We'll be back right after this. 
Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Dave Smith. Listen every Monday to America's Web Radio, The American Dream. My past background with healthcare, being president of uh, insurance companies, will keep you informed on healthcare and other topics that's going on in Washington and around this great country. American Dream, 10 a.m., America's Web Radio. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. And, I, Jim, I, I tell you, what you were talking about with the younger kids, and it even goes up now to the to the people under 40, um, which is, is not that old, in my opinion, anymore. But Don't we call the them prob- youngsters? <laughs> yeah, the, the youngsters. <laughs> Kiddos. Kiddos. Uh, but, you know, it comes back to the fact, and I think this was a dastardly mistake but again nobody called me and asked me my opinion at the time but when they took driver's education out of middle schools or junior high schools or high schools uh you know i still use things that my uh she taught socials at miss 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 butler as a matter of fact she was 242 she was with ford when he invented the assembly line oh really yeah but anyway um i remember stuff and i still practice it that she taught uh, she taught social studies for half a semester and driver's ed for the other half of the semester and we had things like the your uh, reflex response machine that we that was fun to play with, and we'd work on that, and we'd work on this. Uh, the big deal back then was um, we got a TV in our classroom when uh, um, uh, what's his name made his first uh, space flight. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. But I I hold totally to the fact that. They took driver's education out of the classroom, and and, and we also had uh, – we, we went out driving. That was sure. part of our thing, too, sure. was we, we had a driving instructor. And the dealer would donate a car, and, and, and the name would be on the side of the car. No, we never had that. They were all – our, all of our cars were owned by our school system. Wow. And driven by the, the instructor. You know, that was his car. That was part of his perks. He got a car. Wow. And um, – but it was I, – I, I contend – I did not and would not give my sons personal driving instruction when they got their permit. I hired people to teach my sons. Then, after they had been taught, I'd go out and ride, you know, riding with them and so forth. Sure. But I wanted them to learn from somebody else, not from their dad. And, you know, I just think that's a bad situation. And I have two very good drivers now. And, and after one had a terrible wreck but didn't get hurt, uh, I sent him to the to the school up in uh, uh, whatever it is, um, up by the winery. Um, oh, uh, at Road Atlanta? Yeah. yeah the yeah. driving school up there? Yeah. And, uh, you know, both of my kids don't fall out of your chair, but 
both of my sons know how to drive a standard shift car. Mine do. Both my son and daughter yeah. both. But uh, they're older than yeah, my Steve kids. taught my son how to drive a stick. And I taught my daughter how to drive a stick. And I, I did do that with my younger son. Yeah. Uh, we, we bounced almost every inch in North Springs High School parking lot <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs> we were laying down tar, bouncing <laughs> up and down. <laughs> but he done learned. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's a great driver. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, they... They're not intimidated behind getting behind the wheel of a standard shift or, oh, yes. or uh, any car. And they, the other thing is I taught them how to parallel park and yep. back up a vehicle yep. and back up a vehicle with a trailer. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then these are things, you know, there are a lot of kids that will never need to do that. And, but, and my kids aren't doing it day in and day out by any stretch, but they know how to do it. Yeah. Well, I used to back the, the race car trailers up yeah. all the time, and it was just. Uh, but I was, I, I was the, taught how to do that. The best I ever did, and this well, it's sort of cars, was uh, I had a twenty-four foot boat up at the lake, mm-hmm. and uh, I was taking it in to uh, to uh, get something done on it to a new place uh, outside of Blue Ridge, and. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole family was with us. This was our Saturday morning project. I'd gone and gotten my boat from my dock or this slip that we had and stuff and uh, drove up to this place. And I must not have had more than about a foot on either side clearance of biking this in. And then there was the sharp turn into the boat parking lot thing. God was with me. Because even at my best, it would have probably taken me a, a couple of shots, you know. Oh boy! But I did it. You'd have thought, you know, I did it perfectly. Good for you. I pulled up. I started biking up, and you know, I mean, I just slipped it right in this hole. And like I said, the gate couldn't have been more than a, a foot clearance on either side, and that's not a whole lot when you're no, when you got a big no. wide boat. And my kids, my two sons. I think they were about uh, 12 and 10 at that time or something. But their mouths were just hanging. Dad did that. Yeah. Had a boy, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't have been prouder. I mean, that was just. Well, it, and, and today, it, besides the stick shift and the backing up, even without a trailer, let alone with a trailer, a lot of us have forgotten that or have not practiced it in so long that that that's another reason that if if you're going to do something like that you need to go practice in a big parking lot somewhere now okay parallel parking 99.9% of the time left or right i can put it in you know with just yeah. a couple of feet front and back but you know what i do what when i'm going to parallel park and this is i swear to god this is the truth I go back to my driving teachers and what they said to do. How close do you get the back door to the bumper of the other car and yada da 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 and what you're supposed to do when and how do you cut it and how do you and I probably nine out of ten times I can put in a parallel park with three moves because that's what you had to do when I took driver's ed. Mm -hmm. You had to be able to. It took three turns and you were in that spot. 
But if you notice today, we have lost the movement in our neck, and you can't turn as far either way. Have you noticed that? I haven't with me. Oh, I and well, I've, I've I, changed I my it. mirrors. And but here's the other thing: I just got a, a new vehicle, and it's got a backup camera. Yeah, yeah. I uh, say I don't know that I could. I know I, I don't. I haven't had one. I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure I could could utilize it well because I, I didn't learn on that. Yeah, you know? I didn't either. But today, and you can't see out of the back of some of these cars with oh, this yeah. design they've got now, and they've raised the doors higher and basically shorten the window glass from the bottom up to increase the safety of side impacts to meet your federal government's side impact standards. Because four-star and five-star safety ratings. And he's your president. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway. But I, I, I go back to this, and I'll say it again. Seniors, and I'm talking probably 55 and older, you need to go back and take a driver's course. Seriously, at one of the seniors' driver's courses, and, and there's a bunch of them out there, and I don't mean the online one either. I mean, you need to go into it and sit in a classroom. I don't like this online stuff. But have, have someone up there so you can have some discussion because you've got other people in there that are in the same boat with you. And, the, and and I'll go to this and say this. I don't think half the people in this country know how to set their side view mirrors. Oh, I, well, they don't even know what they're... They, yeah. they, they got a picture of half the car instead of set, oh, yeah, setting yeah. them all the way out. Well, you have a choice of going to driver's school or to the rifle range. Well, I'll take uh, the rifle okay, range. You go right, to the well, driver's but, school. And here's the other thing, and, and kids should do this, and you did this. You sent your kids up to road Atlanta, right, right? And they talked about how to handle a skid, and traction control, and not only fast stuff but also braking. And I have been to numerous schools of that. And every time I go, I either pick up something new or I realize I'd forgotten something else. Accident avoidance is a big one. That's sort of like. Uh well, it's not sort of like, and I, I, I predict that this year will be one of them. Um, people in this town. It isn't only this town, sir. Well, any town, that, that they have no clue. Rain can screw their day up. And then, oh, my God, you put a half an inch of snow on the ground, and they just go into another world going to Kroger's to fill their freezer for the ice storm. <laughs> well, which, you know, anyway, uh, uh, but, we, I mean, uh, driving in, in inclement weather. Yes. Uh, I fortunately, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not ready for NASCAR or anything, but you had to learn how to drive in inclement weather where I grew up. And there you were, never knew what you were uh, going to get. There were no four wheel drive vehicles then. No. No, as a matter of, no, not at all. And you put 100 pounds of sand in the trunk? Well, I put it in the back of my pickup, but yeah. I also, I I have no problem, uh, you know, when it's 20 degrees or 15 degrees and there's four inches of snow on the ground, you know what I can do in my garage? 
I can put my chains on. Certainly. And they work just fine. Yeah. I go anywhere I want to go. Except I don't want to go because you're the idiot that's on the road that has no chains and is doing uh, uh, fishtails all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I was the weather channel this morning when I was uh, getting ready to come over here was talking about Oklahoma City. They yeah, had an ice storm. And did they, I, did they hit them? Oh, badly. All oh, right. Yeah, and badly. And, well, I mean, uh, the Pan Am, Texas Pan Am was going to get some. Yeah, and, and it's, they've got cars on their side, cars on their roof, cars in the ditch, cars backwards in oncoming traffic. And it's just, please, people just don't pay attention anymore. And it, it's a shame, but there, there's no awareness of this. They, as my <laughs> my dad used to have a famous saying. Yeah. Use your head for something besides a hat rack. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but here, here, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk about classic cars and antique cars today. I've been on a lot of, of I haven't been on tours like Steve, but I, I have been on a lot of events where I have gone from either a collector's house or a place to an event and you're driving on the interstate in a, in a big car in a classic car and uh, people pull up next to you and start looking and then they start taking pictures with your cell phone and they start turning into you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's well, all right. Well, it, anyway, it's we, even worse today much than it was. Flogged to the little soapbox today. The soapbox no, I, and, is you worn know, out. And I, I would like to see everybody go out and take a driving course for inclement weather, yes. a bad weather course. Yes. Well, but um, the, you, you do Road Atlanta. They they, they hose down the yeah, asphalt and which, they make it slippery with a little soap in it sometimes. Uh, and, because people, oh, I I just. Like I said, I don't mind going out, and if I think I need my chains, I put my chains on, and I can go pretty near anywhere. Well, and, but, and when it snows, I used to take the kids over to the school, and we'd do donuts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. We, and we'd show, I'd show them how to steer in and steer out. The last so. good storm we had, I was coming home from my local Kroger's with my family in the car, and uh, one of our four-wheel drive, top-heavy kid-owned Jeeps, we watched him roll over just oh, because boy. he didn't know what he was doing. And yeah. luckily, he was going slow enough that the rollover didn't hurt him. Yeah. Did I he have a seatbelt on? I, evident, yeah. Because yeah. that's I the mean, other thing. People today, you, you hear about these people dying, they're thrown out of a car. They weren't wearing their seatbelt. That's beyond doom. Okay, with that being said, it's time to put the... Plug in the jug. We got it covered. We'll be back next week with more of the classic.